Before we begin, we'd like to say thank you to the supporter of this episode, Lumo. Lumo works in close partnership with businesses, helping them to improve their cash flow through innovation funding, primarily capitalizing on R&D tax credits and patent books to both find and fund their futures. They have a team who have experience in innovation themselves, so can support taking products to market, along with helping to protect their innovation too. To find out more, visit www.lumo.tax or call 01207-460-616. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Talking Future, a podcast by the Entrepreneurs Forum where we talk to Northeast entrepreneurs about their work, their lives and especially their views on the future and how they're innovating as they plan ahead. I'm Yvonne Bell, and today I'm talking to Dr. Nicola Conlon, CEO and founder of Nashido, an expert in both the science of why we age and the science of drug development. Nicola founded Nashido in 2017 to bring efficient molecular discovery alongside recent scientific breakthroughs in the fields of aging and rejuvenation. Today, Nashido is a worldwide brand which has stormed the anti-aging market with its Nashido Time Plus supplement a daily tablet which is designed to restore NAD plus levels. Good morning, Nicola. Hi, Yvonne. How are you doing today? Good. Okay. Yes. In amongst homeschooling, it's it's all fun. Uh, yes, I can't. I really can't imagine what that's like now. Um, so it's, it's great to talk to you this morning. Um, what we like to do is just get a little bit of career background from you. So just tell me a little bit about your background. Where have you come from and what were the early days of your setting up the business? So I guess I'm a a scientist. That's what I I am by trade, um, if you want to put it that way. And going back a fair bit, um, I've always been really, really interested in how the body works, how everything inside of us is essentially keeping us alive. So a really keen interest that I've had is, is biology. So um, because of that, I've always sort of pursued a career looking at, at the human body. And ultimately, that led me down the route of doing a PhD at Newcastle University uh, in molecular biology. Um, so in that PhD, I, I basically focused on looking at when you take supplements or drugs or food or anything, any type of nutrient that you put into your body or any molecule that you put into your body, how does it get from your mouth into your blood and then into your cells where it needs to actually have the effect that it has on the body. And after I did that PhD, I figured that I didn't want to work in academia. I didn't want to work at a university um, and I wanted to go into industry. So my training kind of led me down a route of drug development. Now, naively at the time, I thought that by leaving academia and going into industry, specifically drug development, would be a way that I could basically get you know all the scientific knowledge that I'd learned and allow me to get it across to help actual human beings um, and you know benefit society but I soon realized that actually there is an awful lot that goes into bringing a new drug to market and that many people don't realize but just to get a single drug to market it takes around 10 to 15 years and costs hundreds of millions of pounds and I found it quite frustrating as many scientists do that 
we were making such incredible breakthroughs in the lab, yet it was taking years for these discoveries to actually make it yeah. to, you know, the everyday person who could actually benefit from it. Yeah. What's the biggest hold upon that then? It's it's basically the trials. Um, now, obviously, this is very topical at the moment with the, the vaccine um, and how quickly we've got the vaccine for COVID out to the public. But generally, it's the length of time it takes the, the drug development phases um, to do all the safety testing and the, um, you know, the efficacy testing to see if the drug does what it's supposed to do. Um, it normally takes a long, long time and a lot of money. Obviously, that's, you know, that's one benefit, if anything, of COVID that it's, it's just showing the industry, actually, if you need to do something quickly, it can be done and it is possible um, by rethinking the way drug development's done. Um, but in general, it does take a very long yeah. time to get anything to the market. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you um, manage to, to book the trend? Then? <laughs> you know, cause yeah. it sounds like you you have. Have you? Yeah, well, in a, in a different sort of way, because, um, you know, from my perspective as a scientist, I was sitting there every day watching all these incredible breakthroughs and all this incredible science that was happening. Yet a lot of the things that were um, that were working in our in our labs and labs around the world actually never made it to market in terms of drugs, because um, the, the way that drug development works is that because it takes such a long time and it takes such a lot of money to get anything to market um drugs companies will only take molecules um into development that they can own or that they can patent so they can own the intellectual property on that molecule because if they don't own it it means that they could do all this long and expensive work developing it then anyone can just sell it and you know ride off the back of their work and so drugs companies will only take molecules to market that they can patent and own therefore what I was seeing is that there was a lot of molecules that um, were more regarded as things that were very common well-known things like natural um, molecules that are kind of supplement type molecules that actually worked really really well but drugs companies weren't interested in them because they couldn't make the money back out of them yet the science all said actually these things can have some real benefit so this was for me this was really frustrating because it was almost like my job was like putting all these really interesting things in the bin (laughs) and often you know focusing on these other molecules that were patentable but actually didn't work half as well which you know is is kind of an ethical thing in itself if like knowing that there's things out there that that work really well that people just are never going to have access to with this in mind I decided to leave the world of drug development um, and found my own company um, which is Nachido as you mentioned and the goal of this company was basically to get um, products and services to market in radically shorter timeframes than pharmaceutically regulated products so that people could actually start benefiting from the science much quicker than they do at the moment and that, I mean, that it, it's safe. Yes, yes. Unequivocally, it is safe. Well, it has to be, otherwise you couldn't do it, could you? Yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, in terms of what our niche is, we actually work on ageing. So obviously, uh, drug development is a, is a huge area, but the specific area that we are working on is ageing. Now, ageing and drug development are normally two words that don't happen in the same sentence. <laughs> um because everyone says, well, you know, you can't develop a drug against aging. That's crazy. You know, what on earth is that all about? But that is exactly the area that I work in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I read this and I was 
sort of surprised, but not in a way, because Newcastle's good. It's home to the largest Institute for Aging Research. So you're in a good place. Yeah, absolutely. The funny thing is that, you know, when I did my PhD, I didn't... um... I didn't do anything really to do with aging, despite um, being at Newcastle, where they've got this huge um, centre for aging research. It wasn't until I was working at this this drugs company that I actually got into it um, when we noticed that there was this trend within drug development where all the you know the companies were starting to look at um, drugs to slow the rate of aging which sounds crazy, but just to put it into perspective, if you think of um, all of the diseases that we all suffer now as a society, so heart disease, cancer, dementia, Alzheimer's, all of the really big ones, their biggest risk factor is actually your age. Right. So there's been this huge paradigm shift within the world of scientific research around HN, which has said, okay, so if, if there's all of these major diseases and the biggest risk factor is age, then technically, why don't we think of this differently and say, well, are all of those diseases not just symptoms of aging and actually aging is the disease? Right. And what would happen if you tried to treat aging? So if there was something you could do just to slow your rate of aging down, you would decrease that one major risk factor for everything. And then you would hopefully impact many different diseases in one go instead of trying to address them all individually. Now, you talk about health span instead of age span, don't you, which I thought was interesting. Can you just enlarge on that? Yeah, so health span um, is basically the number of years that we live in good health as opposed to lifespan, which is just the number of years we live. So at the moment, our average life expectancy for a woman in the UK is around 83 years. So that's our life expectancy or our lifespan. But actually, our health span is only to around age 63. Oh and then there's this portion of your life from age, you know, 63 to 83. So nearly a quarter of your life where you're actually in poor health. And that's defined as having one or more chronic diseases. You know, so these are things like starting to have high blood pressure, arthritis, dementia, cancer, um, all of those sorts of things. And what that means is, is now, although science has helped us actually live longer and have these longer lifespans, we need to actually start addressing the fact that we're spending a real chunk of this lifespan in poor health. So the idea about improving health span it's not about making people live longer. It's actually just about extending the period of your life that you're in good health and able to live independently, able to basically live your life the way you want to live it and not be stuck in a care home. Um, and it sort of de de compresses the period of, of sickness to the very end of life. So, you know, if you're living 83 years, it would be more like um, living till age 80, being fully independent, and then maybe having the last couple of years in poor health, as opposed to the situation that many people are in now where they're spending you know last 10 20 years of their life in in not a very nice situation yeah. so that's yeah. all about improving health span and it, it's a major area of focus now that we can't ignore because we're living in a, you know we have an aging population and it's only going to get worse yeah and um, let's move on to the product itself, though, because obviously you've talked about this. I mean, it sounds like an elixir of youth, doesn't it? It sounds like a magic thing. It, it just sounds as if it's not possible. But but you, there is a, there is a very scientific background 
to it, isn't there? Yeah. So, so what we wanted to do is basically take, take the cutting edge science that we see happening now and actually bring that out as a product that is, um, is safe. It's not a drug, but it actually has some real impact on that person's health if they take it. And one of the areas of science that we were really interested in was surrounding a molecule called NAD in the body. Um, and basically, I'll, I'll give you like a whirlwind science lesson now. But, <laughs> um, so NAD is, is basically a natural molecule that's found in every single cell in your body. It's involved in hundreds of different reactions inside your cells. Um, but the main two things that it's important for is that it helps your cells convert the um, food that you eat into the energy that they need to basically survive. So it helps uh, manufacture our energy in our body. So that's one thing that's important for the other thing that NAD is important for is for switching on a lot of cellular maintenance and repair pathways in the body. So these are things that are inside your cells that are constantly fixing any damage because our bodies are constantly exposed to damage from everything from, you know, the UV rays of the sun to like harmful pollution um, to just our own metabolism, which actually damages our bodies and the cells constantly need to fix fix themselves. And basically NAD switches on these repair pathways. So the big sort of discovery that's happened over the last 10 years is that it's been found that our NAD levels decline as we get older. So when we're born, we have really high levels. And basically, if you looked at a graph, it just exponentially declines as our age increases. And the, the problem with this is if, I, if this really important molecule that is helping us with our energy and it's helping us with our repair is declining, then it's not going to be doing those jobs anymore. So as NAD levels decline, your energy levels in the cells go down and also you get a lot of damage in the cells and this damage builds up and manifests itself as the sort of signs and symptoms that we recognize and call aging. Um, so this has been known as a, as a real contributor to aging and, and the age-related and age-associated problems that we get. Um, so scientists said, well, okay, so if you've got this really important molecule, it declines, it causes all these problems because of its decline, then why don't we try and stop it from declining? What would happen if we kept NAD levels high? And Basically, to cut a very long story short, um, a lot of science and a, a lot of peer-reviewed published journal papers have now shown that actually by just keeping NAD levels high with something as uh -huh. simple as a supplement actually prevents all of the repair from getting switched off. It prevents the damage buildup and it has a huge impact on health span. So actually keeping the body healthier for longer. So that was the science that we could see happening in the background, but no one really knew about it. So what we wanted to do is use our expertise in drug development and basically develop a supplement because just remember the body doesn't know if a molecule is a drug, a supplement or an item of food. It just sees it as a molecule. It's just the regulators that put things in different classes. So we wanted to develop a supplement that actually could take advantage of the science and um, that people could benefit from it now. So that's what our product does it, it is designed to boost NAD levels in the cells in a nutshell that was a nutshell yes <laughs> yeah. um and so when you're saying we getting back to the business side of it because I mean yeah. that absolutely sounds fantastic and I just want to sign on the dotted line now for that so getting back to the business side of it who was we who did you get together 
to give yourself the the sort of the business acumen to to take this forward um so when I say we it is myself and the co-founder of the business so he was actually my boss at the um drug development company that I worked for and he just had a really deep interest in aging and the complexity of aging because it really resonated with the type of science that he was involved with and you know, I, I was put in charge of looking after the aging project in the drugs company. And I just, you know, as, as soon as I started looking at all the science behind all this research, I soon realized that this was such an incredibly important area of science that shouldn't be ignored. And I felt like working in drug development was almost stifling it. So I, you know, kept knocking on his door and being like, do you know what? We're missing the, we're missing a huge thing here. <laughs> yeah, we're missing the trick here. You know, I know that we're, we're drug development scientists, um, you know, that's our title, but like, why, why wouldn't we be putting these molecules in that that the drugs companies aren't interested in? Why would we not put them in supplements? Why would we not go and put them in skin creams for goodness sake? I was like, people would snap your arm off for a skin cream with this stuff in it. (laughs) You know, it it might not be, you know, the kind of um, gravitas of drugs, but this is like stuff that we could be doing something different with. So basically he got a bit sick of me, keep asking. Um, and he said, you know what, Nicola, we can't do that in a drug development company. But if, if you think it's such a good idea, then why don't you write a business plan? You know, start another company. And at the time, it, you know, for me, that was quite funny because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Like I have no business training whatsoever. I'm, a, you know, totally a science geek. So I just didn't really know what to do but he'd been there started a company before so he helped me found it and that was back in 2017 and now basically the he's took a bit of a step back and still helps a lot with the science but essentially I I run the company now Uh, and do you have do you have others working with you? I mean, do you have do you do manufacturing then, or do you outsource that? We outsource that, but do you know what? I've got I've got a really good team. Um, the team is everything, you know, for our company. It's we have grown. Um, you know, we've started off where it was just us and an idea to the point now where we have um, you know, we've actually took a product right the way from the the lab bench essentially all the way through to to developing it, which was outsourced the manufacturing. Um, and we've sold it in over four, I think, well, last time I looked, it was 46 different countries around the world. Wow. Um so, uh, you know, we're quite proud of that. Uh, we feel like we, we've achieved our mission of actually taking cutting edge science straight from the laboratory and translating it into consumer products that are actually making an impact on people's lives. Yeah. And what obstacles did you face? I mean, was it people didn't want to know, basically, that, I mean, this, you know, what you're saying about the gravitas of um, putting something on your skin compared to a, a sort of a big drug thing? You know, how how did people um, uh, take to it, basically? Well, I think, first of all, um, everyone thought I was completely crazy. You know, all my sort of colleagues and my family kind of thought, well, you know, you've got this great job in drug development. That's so, like, highly... What are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah, what why, doing? why on earth would you want to leave that and start selling supplements, which are renowned as, like, snake oil type things, pseudoscience? <laughs> um mm-hmm. But for me, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd really seen what was possible. And I, you know, my, my main mission was like, I want to make 
you know, the everyday person aware of what's really happening in the science, because I think that is one of the biggest obstacles. It's that the public is so far removed from what is actually going on in the scientific world and what is actually possible that it does it does make this world sound a bit magic because it's just people can't comprehend the types of things that are now possible so for me it was always about trying to educate you know the public about what aging actually is and um that it isn't this inevitable thing that we all have to succumb to and um you know suffer for 20 years in a care home that there are actually things that you can do now to slow it and make the impact of that much less and have a longer health span so i think a key issue for for us is is the education you know it's harder than we ever thought it was going to be because the public are so far removed from what is actually going on and we're trying to bridge that gap um and I mean like we you know we were a startup and like any startup it certainly has its challenges as I mentioned I had no training in business whatsoever I had no idea how Mm -hmm. to raise investment I had no idea how to even register a company (laughs) um you know Mm -hmm. I have why would you why would you (laughs) exactly I have literally learned every single little bit of it um, and I've had to wear many, many hats. Um, But for us, you know, myself and the team, we have this endless motivation that that has helped us to just push on and make sure that we get the science and the products into the hands of people who can benefit from it. And I mean, how did you get your money to do that? Did you go for crowdfunding or did you get some angel to help you because I, I can't imagine the banks backing that no so we we went for investors um so we were lit, literally um this you know this is one of my stories about being completely <laughs> out of my depth <laughs> um was was lit, going out there and just pitching it and the majority of the people that were our early investors were just high net high net worth individuals um who either had had a little bit of experience in this area or maybe it's biotech area or just generally you know listen to the story of how the science and aging is going to really change and really believed in it um but I remember sort of you know pitching this idea and thinking I was so out my depth but somehow managed to to convince people you know with the science and with the passion that this is really uh-huh. something that's going to change the world and change everyone's lives um and yeah so we got our, our initial investment um and then we've done several rounds of investments since then uh, we've recently just just we're just about to close uh, uh, um around at the moment um so now I can safely say I do know how to raise capital <laughs> Yep. And I yep. do know how to do investment rounds. Um, mm-hmm. So I've definitely learned a lot in that area. And there's got to be a massive demand for this. I mean, you know, anybody that approaching middle age is going to take your hand off, basically, because they want to slow things down. Is that what you're saying? Is it for just middle aged people to start taking then? Or is it something that you should start from when you're younger, just, just to keep your keep your levels up is that how you how you see it yeah so so first thing to say is you know you absolutely hit the nail on the head there this 
this is something that literally affects every single person. So literally everyone in the world is a potential customer because everybody yeah. ages. Um, and just recently there was a, um, I can't remember the guy who said it, but in you know Silicon Valley type um, talk, which was saying that the, the first trillion dollar company will be a longevity company Ooh. because, you know, they they can see this. This is something that affects everyone and it's a growing problem where there are now solutions. So, yeah, it affects everyone. Um, but for your other question of like, what is this about? Is this about reversing aging? Is it about preventing aging? It's, it's a mixture. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely things that you can be doing early on in your life. And when I say early on, I mean, like, you know, 30s is where damage really starts to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also other interventions and, you know, boosting your NAD, things like that, which can actually help um, to like reverse damage that's already happened. So it's a it's a mixture yeah. of both. And I think the, you know, the way you have to look at it is the way I often explain aging and what it is, is to look at it in terms of evolution. Because people say like, why, why do we age and what is aging? And most of the time people can't explain what it is. They just say it's like this natural thing and that kind of hits you at age, you know, 50. (laughs) Um, And um, basically the whole thing with aging is that we as a species were never designed to live as long as we're living now. So, you know, if you look at um, life lifespan graphs, even like 400 years ago, we were really lucky if we made it past age 40. Um, aging as we know it now was never a problem. And that's because, you know, we were dying of other diseases like infectious diseases or abscesses or, you know, in childbirth. So we never got a chance to, to grow, to get old yeah. enough to really age. Um, whereas now modern science and, you know, sanitation and antibiotics and things like that have, have, pro- have prolonged this lifespan really, really quickly. Yeah. And, and evolution hasn't had a chance to, to catch up. So our bodies are still designed for only living till age 30, 40, whereas we're now living till 80 and uh-huh. our, our, our biology isn't made to live that long. Yeah. So we're not good at being old. <laughs> and there's an expectation. I mean, you, you, you know, you, if you hear that somebody dies at, you know, 70, mm. oh, he wasn't very old, was he? Well, actually, yes, but people are living till 100. Quite, you know, you quite, quite often hear 90s and 100. It's not, it's not uncommon now. It used to be, and even in my time, that's, that wasn't common. Um, so you're right, it's, it's a huge change in a very short time, but um, drugs have a lot to do with that, don't they? That keeps people alive. Yeah, it doesn't keep them. Um, it doesn't give them a good health span. No, so often you know, we, especially in the UK where we have the NHS, which is you know absolutely fantastic when it comes to you know dealing with um, anything acute or anything that you know you need a medical emergency. Mm-hmm. But I always you know sort of shudder when it's called healthcare because it's not healthcare; it's sick care. <laughs> You know, the only time we end up at the doctors is when we're already sick. The only time that all these chronic illnesses of age get picked up is when they're already manifesting as like a physical symptom, Symptom. something that's, um, you know, actually already affecting us. We Uh we stay very much away from trying to prevent things when actually there are a lot of things that could be done to prevent. Um, Mainly it's lifestyle, though. People say that the the reason that we get sick is is poor lifestyle. It's it's weight, it's alcohol, and lack of exercise and things. But this is a, I suppose what you're 
imagining that you're not suggesting people don't stick to a good lifestyle as well as take a, a supplement that's going to um, affect the NAD. Yeah. So lifestyle is a, is a major factor when it comes to aging. And in fact, many of the the healthy lifestyle practices that we're encouraged to do because they are good for aging mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are actually things that naturally boost your NAD levels. Interestingly, right. yeah. yeah, so that, that goes hand in hand with it then. Yeah, so things like um, actually uh, exercise. So exercise, it actually increases levels of the enzyme in your body that makes NAD. Um, and generally you find is that people that have done a lot of um, exercise and sport throughout their life naturally have maintained higher levels of NAD. Yeah. Um, things like um, fasting, so intermittent fasting, so not just like constantly eating all the time. Yeah. Um, that's really big, a boost in NAD levels. Yeah. So it's it's not not a shock that those things are, are increasing the levels of this really important molecule in your body. I mean, I'm worried for you now in a way because you're letting out a secret. You found this secret thing. So NAD is well known. That's just like an area of science. What we've developed is something that boosts NAD better than other products out there. And the way that we're protected is, although I said that the molecules that that drugs companies can't patent, the way we get around it is we have a patent, which is a, a combination patent. So it's actually for a specific combination of different molecules. And, and we can patent something like that because the kind of definition of being able to to patent something is that no one skilled in the art could predict that it was going to do what it was going to do, which basically means that if, you, if we put that bunch of ingredients in front of someone, there is no way they could have predicted that would boost NAD levels. And that's kind of, it has to have an inventive step to be able to patent it. And um, so we, because our formulation is a combination, like we're protected in that way. Um, and uh, I mean, I was, I'm going to ask you then, there's so many products that claim to be anti-aging. Mm. You know, have you found it difficult to break through some of them to show that yours are different because they're rooted? They're rooted in a science that others are just fanciful in a way, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it has been difficult because um, I think one of the most difficult things is the fact that NAD is found in every single cell in your body. And what that means is that it impacts pretty much every aspect of health. So when you look at all the scientific data and all the scientific literature surrounding NAD, there is ju- there are just like, you know, tens of hundreds of different things it's actually helping mm-hmm. with. Um, so it's like, you know, NAD stops muscle wasting as you get older, NAD boosts stem cells, NAD improves cognitive function, right. NAD improves yeah. liver. And it, it, it's like, this is, sounds too good to be true. It's basically like, what's your problem? NAD will fix yeah. it. <laughs> um, and that makes it hard for us. Um, you know, as a scientist, it's, it's, it is incredible that it does that, but not unsurprising. But when it comes to actual marketing, mm-hmm. it's like, we have to be really careful because if you talk about too many things, um, it just sounds like snake oil and it sounds too good to be true. And unfortunately yeah. in this area of the market and, you know, wellness and health products that are like supplements and topicals, there are a lot of things out there that have no testing. And, you know, for, for us, we've actually done clinical trials on our product to prove it actually does what we say it does. And, you know, some of our earlier studies that we did only had a couple of people as, as test subjects. 
and people would say to me they'd go oh but you you know you've only tested it on a handful of people like surely that's not very scientific and I, and I would say well you go into boots and you you have a look at every single supplement on the shelf because they won't have had any trials done on them <laughs> Because it's not, you don't have to. Really? <laughs> so the fact that we've started with a couple of people yeah. is a lot better than anything that's already out there. Um, now this next, uh, we sort of have a, um, a formula of questions that we, we sort of go around. And this one is, in your opinion, what will the face of the industry look like? Well, it's going to be younger, isn't it? It's going to be <laughs> yes. definitely going to be younger. But in, in five or ten years... I mean, how do you see it? I mean, your technologies, uh, your science is just so um, it's on trend, if you like, isn't it? It's a it's what people look are looking at all the time, and the, the things that you see in the press about how people disfigure themselves to to make themselves look younger. Mm. It's quite um, it's quite shocking, isn't it? I mean, how how do you see it all going? Are you are you quite happy that it's 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 going to go the right way? Yeah. I I can safely say that I think within the next 10, 20 years, um, the world will look very different to what it does today um, in terms of aging. Um, I think that we will have drugs that we will take every day. And the aim of these drugs will be to slow our rate of aging. Um, a bit like, so you know, at the moment, like you probably heard of, oh, you, once you pass a certain age, you might need to take an aspirin every day. And it's kind of oh, yeah. good for you. Statins yeah. Or well, yes. Yeah. N- not quite the same as statins. Statins are for a specific, um, they're for like your blood pressure. But this idea that, oh, pop an aspirin every day and it's just like generally good for you as you're getting older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I've heard it. Very much like that. You know, there'll be a pill that um, you'll take and it will, you know, slow your rate of cellular aging. And um, what that'll mean is it'll mean that um, as a society, all of the age related diseases will get pushed back. Um, So we'll get a a longer health span. Um, And, you know, that sounds very far fetched. And people listening to this will probably be like, that's just crazy. But what is actually happening now is there are there are huge companies in in pharma and the pharmaceutical industry that are now engaged in this type of research. Like 10 years ago, it was a very fringe mm-hmm. area of science. Now it is absolutely right. massive. There, there is absolutely no doubt in scientific terms that actually turning back the clock and slowing the rate of aging is scientifically possible. Mm -hmm. Like a while ago, that was still argued. Now you will not find a single scientist that works in our field that will argue that it doesn't work because it absolutely does. And the key thing is that it improves every aspect of health. Um, So the science is done, it's set. People know how to address this now. Mm -hmm. And now that the major big drugs companies are on on the bandwagon with this, um, that is where things are going to really start to come through now the big money is behind it. So just as an example, there is a company in the US called Unity Biotechnology who works on a very specific area of aging that we're also interested in. Um, okay. And um, you know, up until about five years ago, again, this was quite unheard of. And um, they, they've now um, raised 85 million for this wow. type of research. Wow. So they had an IPO and raised 85 million and that is no small amount of money <laughs> to be raising. And there is several other companies that have followed followed in line. So this is an area that's really picking up momentum. And 
I yeah. don't think it'll be long until it starts to filter through. I mean, the door sounds really just um, too good to be true in a way, but it's it's the way science is, isn't it? There's always something new coming out because there's some there's clever people like you around, thank goodness. It's um, it's good to, to know that you're, you're there doing these sort of things and pushing it forward through business because that's the key. You know, if you didn't do that, but you'd just be still a scientist, wouldn't you? And there's nothing wrong with yeah. scientists, obviously, but but there is someone there to push it through as a, a business. Now, what what are you looking forward to, particularly in in the business? Yeah, I mean, for us, it is absolutely about um, you know, in 2021, like our main aspiration is to expand and grow grow our brand, and this idea that we're making science accessible to people, and that there's this trust that actually we are scientists behind these products, um, and um, you know, it's not Mickey Mouse science, and there is good testing behind it, and there is good science and evidence behind it, and basically making sure that we're more discoverable to more people, um you know we sell direct to consumer online and um, but we're also we've also started offering an extensive partnership program um which we're building out across Europe and the US um and what what this means is that we're working with a lot of leading clinics and wellness coaches and fitness leaders um who are almost going to act as our voice um, by engaging these people who are already on the leading edge and understand the science to be able to explain it to their followers and their groups of people as a way of actually spreading the word about the science much quicker than we could ever do by ourselves. Um, you know, supplements are, are quite a personal choice. So we believe that investing in the right ambassadors who actually understand the science and believe in our product is essential for like building that trust and driving the awareness of the field in general. Um, so for us, it's about, yeah. it's massively about education. And, you know, one, one thing that has actually happened, that's actually, I'd say, made it easier for us is COVID. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think if there's one silver lining that has come out of COVID, it's the fact that it's it's actually starting to make people realize that your age is a major risk for disease. Mm, yeah, you're right. It is, because, isn't it? Yeah. Before COVID, you could talk to people about your age being a major risk, but now every single person in the world has basically been affected by this having family members who are over the age of you know 70 or whatever that have had to isolate or having parents that have been scared to go out because they're scared they're going to catch it um this has suddenly become very relatable and actually there was a there was an article that came out in the financial times this weekend which you know, for me, it was like a breath of fresh air because the, the actual headline of the article was that COVID has had to make us rethink the way we think about aging. It's time we start treating it as a disease. That sentence to appear in a, you know, a financial document, a financial, yeah, financial press. Uh-huh. And be taken seriously because this is what yeah. we've all been saying for the last 10 years, but we would have been <laughs> laughed at. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it just needed your time, didn't you? It just needed the uh, your time has come kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously you haven't been in business that long. Have you had time to look at other entrepreneurs and think, hmm, I quite like the way they do it. This might work for us. Has anybody out there sprung to mind? Um, so, you know, I follow a lot of people who are described as futurists. So people that can really, you know, look way beyond what is happening now. Um, and in, instead of trying to address problems that are happening right now, trying to address 
you know the future problems <laughs> um yeah. You know, there's a there's a group in in the U.S. called the Singularity University, which sounds quite crazy and out there. But, you know, they their basic mission is to um, to look at exponential technologies. So things that are, you know, think the next big things, things that are really going to take off, things that are really going to help solve a lot of problems and how you can bring a lot of new technology um, together. So I I tend to stay in the arena of, of the things that probably aren't happening yet, but are probably going to happen within the next 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got time as well. That's, you've got age with you that you, you still have that time to, to look ahead. So what would your tip of the week be for anybody that's uh, going to start out like you did? Even if you're, you're coming from a scientific background, you had to get into business somehow, didn't you? What's your tip for that? Yeah, Um well, I think be extremely naive. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. <laughs> just, it's better just to think you can do it yeah. than think you can't do it and worry. Um, you know, I think if I'd have known all of the hurdles I would have had to overcome, it probably would have put me off. Yeah. Um, but when you're in the thick of it, it kind of becomes irrelevant. And I think just a, a general tip that I always stand by is talk to everyone. Like, I mean, I love talking to people (laughs) as anyone that knows me will know, Um, but I will talk to anyone and it is amazing what insights you can just learn off just striking up a conversation with someone. Um, you know, people that, that reach out maybe on LinkedIn or, um, you know, uh, conferences when we were allowed to all be together, just chatting to people, you don't realize what opportunities there are. I'd say a lot of the investment opportunities that we've had, especially the later ones, have came through just talking to someone and then them introducing you to someone else. Um, some of the best staff that I've, I've came across have, you know, it's been, yeah. I haven't took them on through a standard interview process. It's that it's just, I've just happened to start talking to them and be like, wow, you know, we need you in the business. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds like you don't like too much complication. No, just just having it, having a chat. It's amazing what you can either learn as an insight or who you can meet as a connection that can become really useful at some point where you think it probably won't be useful at the time. And like six months later, you're like, ah, I met someone that could do that. And then, you know, so I think the power of conversation and just chatting to people um, can uncover a lot of things and solve a lot of problems. That's great. Well, thank you very much for that. That was really interesting. Once again, I'll say the word fascinating because I really do find these things fascinating and that's um, that's an incredible story. So best of luck to you and um, thank you. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure.